Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. Tonight, on an all-new Monsterland, we... Uh, I don't know. What's the matter? What's the matter? Well, I, 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 I can't do the usual crazy intro, because it's been so long. There's so many things. Like, what, I, I can't think of what's been happening lately since we last recorded. I mean, there was that weird UFO video. Yeah, right? yeah. We could talk about that. The um, Bigfoot thing in the, in the window, maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Uh, how yeah. about that? The world's ending? All right, that. Smoke them if you got them. Let's go. Welcome to a wicked mystery. A paranormal perfect storm known simply as Monsterland. The Monsterland podcast is recorded live in an undisclosed location somewhere in the heart of high strangeness, just outside of Monsterland, Massachusetts. And now, here are your hosts from Travel Channel's Expedition Bigfoot, author-researcher Ronnie LeBlanc, and from History's The Curse of Oak Island Drilling Down, actor-host Maddie Blake. Greetings, monsters. Wow. Well, when we started this paranormal podcast, Ronnie LeBlanc, partner, friend, lover, we never anticipated when we talk about some of these issues like, you know, some of them trend into conspiracies and things like that. We never dreamed that we would actually live through a world ending, world changing pandemic. But here we are. Uh, let's let's quickly, before we get into the fun and mayhem that is Monsterland, check in with our monsters, at least uh, with us and just do a health status update. We'll start with you, Ronnie. How are you? How is your family? Where are you? Are you safe? What's going on? I am home and I'm going out of my mind. <laughs> no, every, every, everybody's healthy. Everybody's good. We're home. Um, it's just so weird trying to kind of have some sense of normalcy uh, with the yeah. kids being out of school. And now we just heard, um, was it May May 7th or what it, wherever it is, another 30 days that we're going to be kind of in quarantine. So it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. How are you it, guys it, doing? We're great. I mean, you know, everyone's healthy. Put it that way. Good. good. Um, we're doing as well as three people can possibly do it. Three people and a dog. Um, by the way, that was the worst Tom Selleck movie. Three people, and a, three people and a little dog. Um, yeah, it, we're doing as well as three people and a dog trapped in a house together can do. Um, however, coming into this, it's weird. Like, and I've talked about this. If you're a fan of the podcast, you've heard me kind of wax poetic or wax spiritual about these type of things before. I've yeah. always felt like I've chosen, and so have you, Ronnie, like we've chosen spiritual lives. We've chosen right. yeah. lives of supernatural and spirituality. And this past year was a big challenge for me, but in all the right ways, it was it was an unbelievably, uh, it was a growing experience spiritually for me. I did a lot of spiritual work. And so coming into this pandemic, it's funny. One of the main things I was working on, and you know this, Ronnie, off the air, because we've talked about it. Yeah. Not knowing there was a global pandemic that was going to keep me under house arrest, I was literally working on, my big thing was, can I be okay just being? 
and being in my home with my family and just being present because I struggle and I'm sure some monsters will agree with me or many, maybe all of them. I struggle with nothing, with doing nothing. Right. Yeah. Keeping, Um, keeping your, your mind kind of uh, busy. Yeah. Like I, I, I I struggle with, I, I struggle with like not achieving you with me. Yeah, got it. Uh, and yeah. and it's, and so and whether it's whether it's Advanced personally or professionally, moving forward, just con- you know that you feel like you're actually there's some traction or something's moving. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like, of course, and I'm I'm stuck with this horrible uh, character trait in a way. Although it served me well in some ways, I I compare myself to like the, the most successful people in the history of the medium. You know what I mean? And and so I watch people achieve these things like. You know, it's like musically trying to compare yourself to the Beatles. Like, what are you doing? And and so when I'm not achieving what like Conan O'Brien has achieved or whomever, I freak out. And I'm if I'm just sitting with my family and like I feel like the world's passing me by because as I've learned, I'm too attached to the world. I'm too attached to approval. I'm too attached gotcha. to all these things. So, right. Yeah. So coming into this pandemic, I had done a lot of work to that end and forced myself to put my freaking phone down. Mm. And just be and walk my dog. And he actually, my little dog, Rocky, I made a joke about him earlier, but he's really taught me a lot about presence, you know? Oh yeah. They're, yeah, exactly. They're in the, the here and now all the time, right? They're constantly just in that moment. Yes. So in a sense, you know, uh, I came into this thing. This is kind of more of the same for me in a way, mm. um, you know, bits of working super hard on the Oak Island thing, of course. Uh, and I've been working on my book and things like that. And I've been drumming things to keep myself occupied. But as far as like being home, I'm, I'm doing well, you know, I'm sad for everybody. I'm sad for seniors. You know, I'm sad for Ronnie is seniors. Not, (laughs) I don't mean just the aged. Um, I'm sad for seniors, like high school seniors and college seniors. Oh, totally. It's insane that they, you know, you're going into you. I think this is the time where you realize that we've been taking a lot of things for granted. Yes. Right. Where, now they're going to have no graduation, no prom. Yes. Um, and you got people, you know, dying in the hospitals alone, which is a scary thought that, that, you know, their family members can't even be there. So this whole, this whole uh, time we're kind of going through definitely feels apocalyptic. You know, yeah, it's, it does. It's just... Closest we've ever come. It's a, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, apocalyptic, a little bit of wartime feels like a little bit um, where people are on rations and things like that. I feel like there's something else kind of going on with all this. It just, it's amazing yes. to me. I don't think anyone could have predicted something like this, you know? Right. Well, you're right, Ronnie. It, it has made us, well, those of us who are awake at all, it's made us slow down a little bit. It's made us take some stock and... You know, I heard this wonderful thing, and I want to share this with our monsters listening out there. And by the way, I'm coming to you from Maddie Road Studios, my home studio. <laughs> and Ronnie, I know your your house. Yeah, right, um, sir. You're in Rhode and we're going to try and right. We're going to we're going to try and do as much of a normal show as we can. I have a huge mailbag tonight from all y'all that have written us in the past, you know, month and a half. I think I wrote this. I mean, excuse me. I started compiling these on March 9th to give you the idea of how long it's been. <laughs> it's now the, uh, yeah. So. Um, we're also going to talk about, um, we're, we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. We're going to do a factor Falcon. We're going to try and do the normal stuff. And Dave, our producer, Dave is at his house. He will receive this audio from us and do what he does. So, well, I'm sure he's going to uh, insert right here, some sort of wacky 
drop that probably <laughs> makes me look and sound bad. There Amazing. we go. Right. <laughs> so um, that's just to give you an idea, monsters, of, of what's going on and where we're at. We're going to try to make this as normal as we can. Obviously, a lot of the bells and whistles won't be there, but that's maybe a good thing for now because, yeah. man, look, if it's good enough, you know, these late show guys are doing shows from their house. It's good enough for us, right? There you go. So, um, now professionally, Ronnie, where do you stand? I'll talk a little bit about Oak Island. Sure. And, oh, oh, and we also, I'm working on getting the executive producer of the show, uh, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Fantastic. Um, awesome. On history. My peeps from Prometheus, the production company that make Curse of Oak Island, um, make this show as well. So they're all my friends. Excellent. And so I think that is right up our alley, you know? Oh my uh, God. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm planning on watching it uh, tonight. I saw that it's on again at like 10, nine or 10. So I'm going to jump on that. Yeah. You and I have been talking about Skinwalker Ranch since we've known each other. Right. Um, we've long wanted to go there on a, on a trip and just kind of <laughs> crash it. Well, these guys have done it for us. <laughs> they, uh, my friends actually embedded there. And I've talked to them off mic about their experiences. And it, it is as. As proclaimed the real yes. deal. Yes, 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 yes. So we'll get into all that too. We'll continue to follow that show, but let's talk about our individual things before we move forward. Um, where do you stand with Expedition Bigfoot? Have you been in touch with the crew? Is everyone safe and and, and the cast and what, what's next for you guys? Yeah, we've been, we've been, um, Awaiting a waiting uh, period right now for the next couple of months just to see what happens. But right. I think that's kind of for everybody. I've seen a lot of different um, productions kind of being halted or delayed and, and stuff like that. So, Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Oak is in its final stretch yeah. here in the month what, what's of going April. What's on, on your end with and that? We were. Well, I'd, I'd rec- I had, you know, we shot like most of the, what's going to be the season finale special. Um, because although the show is still airing there, they've obviously wrapped operations for this season. And so we were compiling all the information and then we end most season finales. I go to Michigan and get results with the brothers. Well, that kept getting canceled because of this pandemic. And I'm going like, are we going right. to do this? What's going on? You know? So we are efforting right now. We have a remedy for that and oh, we're doing it. And there's going to be a season, a big fat, you know, drilling down season finale special. We're going to get results that have been left over from the show because they, you know, they test things and then the show ends and they haven't been able to get that information out to the public. So very exciting stuff. I'm learning really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'll be coming uh, as we kind of close the month of April. Um, you will see the the finale of Oak Island. So, you know, it's kind of it's it's kind of what that team does in a way, Ronnie. Like they adapt. You know, there's they get excited about something, then there's a challenge, and they adapt. And so, it, it's kind of endemic of what the whole show stands for in a way. You know, overcoming obstacles and persevering, uh, bonding yeah, together totally. to get something done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, all right. Well, this is fun. This is, I, know, I wish I could seriously. see you. That's a that's a big bummer here. It's different, but this but, is great uh, that we can do this. Yeah, you know, it, it what comes to mind too is is you kept saying, 
you know, in, in the past few months leading into this, you kept saying, and, and there's a couple, I'm sure our monsters could come up with examples of it on the podcast, but like you kept referencing like a big change coming. Yeah. Um, right. Like you, you, and, and I wonder if this was what you I, were you know, feeling something it's like it's interesting. This. And it's like, it's not something that was definitely, you know, was not on my, my mind of this kind of happening, but I definitely felt like something was turning because we were coming to a breaking point. Uh, I felt with, with everything that's been going on mm. and you kind of like, for me, it was almost mm. like seeing that the, the comedy line, right. Where comedians couldn't even cross this line anymore, but just on that kind of cultural mm. front. But then there was just this kind of yeah, so quiet, like something was kind of lurking, kind of going on. And what some people may not know that there was a uh, professor from right from our backyard at Harvard university that, and I, we might have talked about this, or maybe we didn't on an episode, but um, he was uh, arrested and charged with, um, you know, having some ties to the Chinese government. And in particular, mm -hmm. what he was doing, um, he had two other Chinese nationals that were working for him in his lab. And one of them was a yeah. lieutenant in the Chinese army. So they were infiltrating this guy, Dr. Charles Lieber, uh, he's the chair of Harvard's chemistry in the chemical biology department. He was setting up a lab in China and getting paid $50,000 a month to do so. Guess where that lab was? Wuhan University of Technology. And he was working on some pretty crazy stuff. One thing that drew uh, a red flag for me is when the uh, the White House had a meeting about it and everything was classified. You remember, you remember hearing about this? Mm. Maybe a month and a half mm. or, so, or less. Yeah, I don't know the exact yeah. time frame, but yeah, it was classified. Yes. So to me, I felt like there was something military about it, and and that this kind of feels like it's almost like a bio, a chemical warfare kind of situation going on. And uh, I, you know. Yeah, like someone spread yeah. this on purpose. And I don't know. You know, it, it's just crazy how Biochem, well, that conference in Boston, where this, I guess, kind of originated. Um, you know, so this, it's shit. it's crazy that there's ties back to to Boston and Massachusetts with this thing. It's and it's very kind of, it has this nine eleven air about it, uh, but more. Tuesday, January twenty eighth, twenty twenty. The Department of Justice announced today that the chair of Harvard University's chemistry and chemical biology department, along with two Chinese nationals, have been charged in connection with aiding the People's Republic of China. China! Dr. Charles Lieber, 60, chair of the Department of Chemistry and Chemical Biology at Harvard, was arrested this morning and charged by criminal complaint with one count of making a material, materially false, fictitious, and fraudulent statement. He will appear in federal court in Boston. Yang Ying Yi, I'm sure I said that right, 29, a Chinese national, was charged in, with an indictment today in one count each of visa fraud, making false statements, acting as an agent of a foreign government and conspiracy. Shashang Sheng, 30, a Chinese national, was arrested at Boston Logan International Airport and charged by criminal complaint with attempting to smuggle... <gasps> 21 vials of biological research to now, China. Now, what was in those vials of biological material? Holy And dude, we're shit, not hearing Ryan. about this. 
We're not. We are not hearing about this at all. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna even okay. blow your mind more. I have a per. I have a. I have. A, okay, okay. So this is before everything got shut down. A friend of mine works for uh, works for a, a group that would deal with uh, one of their clients in in a way would be schools. He or she texted me and some friends and said. Hey, Harvard's shutting down. Wow. Just to let you know, this shit's about to get wild. And this is before anything closed down. This was still in the phase of like, nah, it's going to be yeah. fine. Everyone's freaking out about it. You know, like, you know, like a month ago. So they were the very first ones in terms of at least schools to, so like, and we kept going like, why are they doing this now? Like, are they going to send students home for spring break? Like, what? Is it that bad? So what, a, so they knew. Yeah. I'm trying to find the text right now so I can give you a date. Um, they, it was way before. Yeah, it, it down. seems to be like a target too because it, it's. Uh, they said it was kind of an exploitation because of the universities, the hospitals, research institutions, tech companies in the area. So they were, they were spies from China oh, in Harvard. Um, one of them, uh, Yang King, Yang Ying, whatever, had uh, lied about her military service while she was employed as a scientific researcher at BU. And um, she <clears throat> admitted to federal officers during an April 20, 2019 interview that she held the rank of lieutenant with the People's Liberation Army. She was sending, uh, accessing <clears throat> U.S. military websites and sending U.S. documents and information to China. Yeah. So to play devil's advocate, there's some, you know, fact checker type of links here. Um, is it true that federal agents arrested Harvard Professor Charles Lieber for creating coronavirus? no. He was charged for lying about his participation in the Chinese recruitment program, blah, blah, blah. But it's like that. Yeah. That, that's what right. we get, right? Like that's You're the information correct. we get. But yeah. That doesn't mean. And what, and what have we yeah, heard? Vials. From, vials. Yeah, of we vi also heard from China saying that they, they're saying that we created this in the lab. Mm. <laughs> I'll tell you what. It sounds more freaking believable than a, a, a bat thing in some right. mall. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Also arrested were two Chinese, quote, students working as research assistants, one of whom was actually a lieutenant in the Chinese army, the other captured at Logan Airport, flying, uh, catching a flight to China, again, smuggling 21 vials of, quote, sensitive biological samples, according to the FBI. Nice. Holy shit. Uh, almost forgot the research lab the good professor had helped set up. Located at Wuhan University of Technology, Wuhan, China, is ground zero to the potentially global pandemic known as coronavirus, which is spreading rapidly and killing people. Holy, this is international spy novel oh, stuff happening in yeah. real life, and it's not even in the news. Yeah, well, we'll keep our eye on that. I mean, my goodness. Or maybe That's we won't right. be allowed to. Yeah. <laughs> um, just a reminder, monsters, we are on all your social media. At Monsterland Pod, we are on a Dory app, which is an interactive listening, watching experience, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, our iHeartRadio. Uh, you can reach us with any tales, which we're about to get into now. We have a huge busting mailbag for any of you who have sent us messages. We'll hopefully get to yours. If not, it'll be probably in the next episode. Uh, MonsterlandReport at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voicemail, our Monster Mail, 401 Four zero 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 nine six five. That's o nine m l. And we got Monster some voicemails, right? That um, since we got that set up, we do. Want, it, want, it, want me to try and play awesome. one right now? All right. 
right. See, I don't know how this is going to sound because I'm just going to stick okay. it in the microphone. We'll see how it sounds. Hello, I am Caleb, and I'm a big fan of the podcast, and I wanted to call in about a strange sighting of flashing lights in the sky during nighttime that I saw out of my window, and I'm from Lynchenden, Massachusetts. Just wanted to see if you could talk about it and tell me about what it really is. Kayla. Well, Winchenden is not too far from that, the Monsoon That's correct. Area, right, yeah, it's right within Gardner, and there's definitely a lot of UFO reports that have come from the uh, the western side of the state forest in that section. So, mm. so flashing lights in the sky uh, during the night. Um, so we'd, we'd have to know more, Kayla, obviously. I mean, it could be anything. It could be <clears throat> a plane, a satellite. Um, but the fact that you called us with it and you're calling them strange flashing lights um, indicate that it's maybe something more, especially given you, you being in that area. Um, you know, who knows? As a matter of fact, coming up later in this very Monster Mail segment, Ronnie, we're going to readdress our sighting that we had together because a monster brought something up about it that I thought was quite interesting. But um, I guess, you know, this is a good point that Kayla brings up, Ronnie. It's, it's, you know, it's in the eye of the witness in a way, you know, like you can explain to us till you're blue in the face what the sighting is like. And we can make an educated guess what it may or may not be based on the information we're provided. But in the end, it's all about the feeling of the witness. Right. Um, and you we've talked about that before. You can't really quantify that. Um so you could see, so for example, Aaron, uh, one of our big fans sent us a video on, on the, our Facebook page, I think of, of like, they were basically planes in a line approaching Logan. Airport. Right. Yeah. The three lights off but, into the distance. Yeah. And very, very, yes. um, instantly, you know, you kind of go, okay, those look like planes kind of coming in getting ready to land. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I've fallen for that for before too. Like I was on vacation at my beloved Duxbury beach and, and, these lights started appearing, boom, one, boom, two, boom, three in a line. I'm going, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? You know, I got all excited. And then I realized, okay, these are planes in a formation making their approach. They look a lot closer than they are, Yeah, you know, um, from the ground because the way the perspective, but point being, he, he posted that and kind of said like, I knew these are planes, but it's just a good example of how they can look. But so you, you could have something like that and have someone say, I saw strange lights and we could say, were they in a line? Yeah. Did they do this? Yeah. Did they do this? Probably planes. Oh, okay. But if then the person says, yeah, but there was something yeah, about I had them. a strange feeling. I, I got, felt, you know, woke up and I looked out yes, the window and yes. I saw these things. And yeah. Right. Right. And that is the key. So Kayla, um, if you think you saw something, you probably did. You probably did something that's not able to be yeah. easily explained. Uh, let's try another one. So it's on a roll here. Again, if you if you would Thank like you, to, um, oh, this is a bit of a long one. I, okay. I edited this, so let's just try to. I'll, I'll, it's 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 long, so I'm going to cut it off probably. But we'll get the kind of the meat of it. Um, again, if you would like to leave us a voicemail one more time, 401-400-0965. Hello, Ronnie. This is Kelly from Wisconsin. Oh, how's it going? Speaking of the devil, that was an accident. Oh, I got a little story for you guys. Um, I love this, by the way, the new voicemail. Me and my wife just moved um, from Massachusetts uh, up to Salem, New Hampshire, and uh, 
we moved into this new uh, new condo, and uh, my wife has been having some weird experiences where she's waking up in the middle of the night and she feels like someone's at the end of the bed. One time she saw a figure. Hmm. She's had a little sleep paralysis hmm. um, too, and she's never uh, she's never had that uh, kind of experience before. So about two weeks ago, I was sleeping on the couch with the TV on, and um, all of a sudden I woke up in the middle of the night, opened my eyes, TV's on, I can't move. I'm completely frozen. I couldn't move, all right? And all of a sudden, out of my right ear, I hear it very distinctly, like, I, I can't get it out of my head. It was so there was, um, are you going to wake up yet? Whoa. Right in my ear, it was just a, a loud whisper, and um, and I freaked, but I still could not move an inch. Um, and about three seconds after I heard that, I had my hand down on the couch. It was underneath the blanket, and I have a small dog, and he's always under the blanket, and he loves to kisses and everything like that. So I thought I was feeling my dog's mouth. And then I started, I put my fingers inside this mouth and I'm feeling around and the teeth aren't dog teeth there. They feel like human teeth. And at that point, I snapped out of it, completely freaked out. My heart, you know, went right up into my friggin' throat. and, um, and, And then I snapped out of it. I was able to move. All right, so that so that is, that, that doesn't sound like a uh, a dream, right? It sounds like he was he was no. aware, he was lucid, he was awake. Um, in the yeah. man to to not have the ability to, to move. Yeah, and he, he he leaves the. It sounds demonic to me, right? That's what I was gonna say. I didn't yeah. want to use the word, but it does. Um, now there there's a there's a. They say like uh, almost like 10% of the population, I forget what the exact number was, it might have been like 8.5 or something, experiences some form of sleep paralysis. Um, and, and there's a lot of people experience it just as sleep paralysis, but then there's a big part of people that experience it that have then, you know, the the concubine, succubine type of experiences where they feel held down. Women feel held down, right. especially, um, you know. They moved to where in New Hampshire? Salem? I don't. Uh, I don't know if he said. Uh, I forget what he said, but stand by. It just sounds like there's some there's by, some there's weird a... energy in that condo. Yeah. Um. Hold on. Salem. Yeah. Wow. Salem, New Hampshire. So yeah. that's where Mystery Hill is. So Aaron. Yeah, I mean, I would say that if it is, uh, you know. Because th- there are doctors who say that there are medical reasons why sleep paralysis makes people see things like that. Demons right. or, you know, uh, uh, shadow people, things like that. And that it's simply explained by those physical things. You, got, um, you and I tend not to. Yeah, now you got two people, right, having the similar situation right. into right. in a new location that they just moved to. That's right. So that kind of go, you kind of go, okay, there is something here. This isn't a uh, unified right. illusion. Um, my advice would be that to understand that, um, 
these things with very, very, very rare exception. As a matter of fact, I'm reading a book right now called The Vatican's Miracles about, oh, cool. and, and there's a whole chapter on, yeah, there's a whole chapter on these type of demonic um, trickster demons and things like that and jinn and people dealing with them for centuries and in modern time. Um, Aaron, they, they really can't do you any harm. They can't do you any real harm with very rare exception, like super rare exception. So what they do is they feed off of fear and confusion and chaos. And they would love nothing more than say, for example, you and your wife to fight about it. Right. Right. Um, to cause discord in your home. So I would say if you think it is real, if you think it wasn't a dream it, and it sounds from his voicemail, like he shook yeah. up, he, he calls back actually and does another kind of three minute voicemail and says, guys, this really bothered me. I would say, take, take spiritual authority over your home, you know, um, get, uh, make a stand. This is my home and just say, this is, this is how we roll. You're not coming in here. You're not scaring us in the name of Jesus or in the name of whomever. And, um, and you'll be surprised that that goes a long way right. in these things. Uh, Ronnie. Yeah, man. I think that's the best advice right there that you got to show no fear. Cause you're absolutely right. That they're, gonna, they're trying to take that energy. And I've had similar situations where you have that sleep paralysis, you are awake, but you can't move and you feel this presence in the room. But the two pieces of elements there where it's kind of talking to him in his ear and then feeling the mouth is, is a little next level to me. That's disturbing. That's one of the creepiest ones. That really is. I wouldn't be too far off to say that he might consider even having someone come to if he makes this stand and kind of is verbal yeah. about it and says, you know, get out of here. Uh, maybe have someone come and clear yeah. the house. Um, you know. Yep. Absolutely. Um, you can do, you you can do like if, I don't know if Aaron's Catholic, whatever, like I'm, I happen to be Catholic Christian. There are priests who will come and bless your home without it being a big exorcism right, exactly. thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that goes a long way uh, yes. also. Uh, you're right, Ronnie. So, yeah, get someone or, you know, if you're not, if you're not a Christian like that, then get someone who can clear the house or whatever. But yeah, take, you know, it, it, it's just like you would do with your children. Um, you know, I am the father. I am the spiritual, uh, not dictator, but I am the spiritual. It comes through me. It starts with me and it flows down to my family. I, I'm taking spiritual control of this home. We are a home of positivity. We are a home of love. And this doesn't happen here. You know, that attitude tends to drive those yeah, things the, away. The light will um, kind of envelop the darkness there. That energy just overcomes. Yeah. Uh, let's do another one here. Oh, this one says urgent. <laughs> Holy shit. We should have known this all along. She's been calling in. <laughs> we caused this. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Ling Yang. Um, we'd like to. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, this episode is brought to you by My Mike Pillow, Duke. by the way. <laughs> you want to get up and say like 20 minutes of a. Uh, yeah, go ahead. During a crisis. Hey, I mean, think what you want about the guy, but didn't they didn't they stop making pillows and make like 50 yeah, thousand yeah, masks? Make, I yeah, that, I think masks. that's awesome. Yeah. So, hey, he can get up there in a Ronald McDonald costume <laughs> and whistle Dixie for all I care. Um. Speaking of that, speaking of helping others, you know, I've been struggling with this again, back to yeah. my earlier point. I, I do, I don't do nothing well. Um, 
I am struggling with like not volunteering, not helping. Not, I want to yeah. help, you know, and like, oh God, why didn't I go to medical school? These people are I'm <laughs> sitting at home, you know. One thing you can do is you can support your local restaurants and your local businesses who are doing takeout. So my wife and I have been trying, Yoko and I have been trying to go go out as much as possible and, and get takeout and things like that. Um, and to that end, we'd like to thank all our people locally who are doing things like that and trying to survive through this. Um, one of our little sponsors, Ronnie, is Dell's Coffee, dellscoffee.com. Specialty coffee from around the world. Dell's uses the finest, freshest beans from quality coffee farms, crafted with care and local. Dell's Coffee, they know it's all about the bean. Um, and you can follow them at Dell's Coffee One. And so whoever your local coffee yeah, place is, your breakfast place, your lunch place, right? Get out there, get their takeout, say hi from a distance, over tip them if you can, and uh, we'll get through this on the other side. Uh, another f***ing pickup, goddamn. Oh shit, we're recording. Want to go deeper into the mystery? Get the book Monsterland, Encounters with UFOs, Bigfoot, and Orange Orbs by Ronnie LeBlanc. Available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everywhere fine books are sold. Hi everyone, this is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network, better known as Producer Dave of the Monsterland Podcast. Hope everyone is safe and sound and staying sane during this quarantine period. We continue to produce podcasts at pod617.com. We do everything remotely. Please go to our website if you want more info on that. Now, this episode of Monsterland is a little bit pieced together. Maddie got a terrific interview kind of at the last minute, and we hope you enjoy it. Coming up next, Maddie with the producers of the new show, Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Enjoy. Everybody stay safe. Here's the interview. I'd like to remind you this interview is brought to you by our friends at Adori Labs. We're so proud to be partnered with this new interactive podcast technology with the intuitive Adori app. You don't just listen to a podcast, you experience it. Downloadable links as you listen. Interactive messaging, engagement analytics, Adori has it all. If you want your podcast experience next level, go to adorylabs.com. That's an anagram for radio. Thank you, Monsters, and thank you, Adori. And thank you to my guests. This is an incredible moment for me personally and professionally. So on the line with me now are Joe Lassard, who's been on the podcast before and is a big reason why Oak Island is so awesome. Joe, glad to have you back, my friend. And I'm so glad I can say this publicly on my forum. Um, a guy who has fundamentally changed the course of my career and my life and made my life and my family's life better. He's the genius behind shows like Ancient Aliens and The Curse of Oak Island. The one, the only, the incomparable Kevin Burns. Kevin, welcome to Monsterland. Hey, Maddie. It's great to be with you. So excited. Uh, I'm excited about the new show, um, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. There's so many things I want to get to. You know, the fans of the show know all about Skinwalker Ranch, so we don't have to do a lot about the history. But watching that premiere as we record this, it aired last night, uh, Tuesdays at 10 on History. I was struck, Kevin, by the fact that you were able to get cameras, an embedded crew, onto Skinwalker Ranch. Can you talk a little bit about making this show and, and making that process happen? Well, I have to give credit where credit is due. There was a producer uh, who who kind of initiated this project with us. Uh, his name is Joel Patterson. And, um, <clears throat> and he's worked on a lot of other shows for History Channel, and he worked on Counting Cars. And and uh, and he had a, a partner, uh, uh, another producer. Uh, T.J. Allard. Pardon me? T.J. Allard. Yeah, T.J. Allard. And 
uh, and I can't remember which, uh, whether it was Joel or TJ that wanted to do Skidwalker, but they approached uh, the new owner, uh, whose name mm-hmm. I can now finally reveal. Uh, yes. Brandon Fugel. Uh, and Brandon Fugel had recently purchased the ranch from uh, uh, Robert Bigelow mm-hmm. of, um, you know, Bigelow Aeronautics and uh, Bigelow Industries and Bigelow had owned the property for, is it 10 years, Joe, or 20? I think it was 10 years. 20 years, he owned. 20 years, 20 years. So um, so anyway, they they made inroads with uh, Brandon and convinced Brandon of the idea of doing a reality show. Uh, but they took the project as far as they could with History Channel. And, uh, and I, I, I'm very flattered that at a certain point, Joel and the network invited me in uh, to kind of work with them and take the project on uh, because they liked what we had done with Oak Island and several other shows that we do. And so uh, basically with the, with the graciousness of Joel and the network, uh, Joe Lassard and I were invited to kind of go up to the ranch, uh, meet with Brandon and meet with the guys that Brandon had already up there hmm. and uh and see what they were doing and uh but what was the 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 obstacle was not that we didn't have permission to do a show it was that brandon did not want to be in the show he didn't want anybody to know he existed he didn't huh. name publicly revealed uh he wanted to remain kind of uh, a secret owner and and just from my own experience i said I said, and having met him, by the way, because he's a very, very, very wealthy man. Uh, he's made all of his money in uh, commercial real estate in Salt Lake City. Right. And and he was very passionate about the mission of the ranch. In other words, this really was a a search for the unknown for him. In other words, he, he grew up as a in a very strict Mormon household. Uh, very, uh, very uh, deeply involved in his faith. Hmm. But he said uh, to me, uh, uh, the, my faith didn't answer all my questions. Hmm. And when he told hmm. me that, I said, I said, Brandon, you're the show. You know, you're the show. And he, hmm. you know, and, and so uh, between that and, and our, we also introduced Travis Taylor to him. And we had worked with Travis on a couple of other projects. And what's unique, what's unique about Travis is he's a very, very, very smart, very credentialed, double PhD. He's got, I kid with him, I say he's got more degrees than a thermometer. <laughs> but, but he he um, is also open-minded. Uh, 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 he's very, very smart, very scientific, but he's also very open-minded. And that's very unique in a scientist. So we in, we asked Brandon to consider including him because I said, you know, the guys you have up here, you know, Tom Winterton and uh, Bryant and, and all, the, all the people that were already up there uh, were great, but you needed an outsider uh, mm-hmm. to, to become, uh, to, to kind of witness this through. And, uh, so anyway, that was that was the whole story. I mean, that was how we got access to the ranch. the The big thing for me um, uh, is that I don't fake anything. I mean, Joe knows this. I'm not. It always dismays me when producers come to work for us 
from other networks and production companies. And they tell me that all of these shows are faked. Uh, all these reality shows are faked. Um, uh, I, I never want to know that. I don't want to believe that. I'm a documentary person. I came from a very strict documentary background in Boston. And I, and I believe you can make television out of real reality. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe in producing situations, uh, meaning putting people together or inviting people to do things, but I don't produce results. Right. So, um, so I was very scared because we only had 10 weeks to shoot the show uh, with the people that Brandon had and with Brandon's now coming aboard and with Travis now joining the team. And we had 10 weeks to do eight episodes, and I had no knowledge that anything was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you can't plan that because I'm not going to fake that. Right. And, um, and we found every week something happened, every week. And it was extraordinary. And it turned Travis from being a, an, an, an open-minded skeptic, which is what I like to describe myself as, to somebody profoundly convinced that something very strange is going on. That's incredible. Um, and I'm glad you brought up Brandon, Kevin, because, you know, another stroke of genius on your part to include him, he, he right off the bat of the pilot, it's, and I know I'm a, listen, I'm a, I'm in the Prometheus family. I'm a proud soldier. I admit bias, but that was one of the most uh, thrilling pilots non-scripted I've ever seen. The promos for it were incredible. Um, and to see him almost like this Bruce Wayne character, uh, you know, behind the scenes, but also taking it scientifically seriously, you know, in the Bigelow tradition, um, you know, where does he stand now after the show? I know we can't give any spoilers, but wh- where does he stand in his views of the ranch? Have they changed given the, the run of the show? He, he's always believed um, in the ranch. He believed in it in Robert Bigelow's time. Um, he heard a lot of things uh, from the Bigelow people, uh, some things he's not at liberty to divulge. Um, but um, but no, he was always a believer. He, he was always convinced we were going to, um, witness things and record things. Uh, he, um, uh, so he's never been, uh, he's just proud of what we were able to do. Uh, he, he's yeah. a, very, very proud of the show and, um, thinks we did a great job with it. Um, deeply grateful, um, to the network and to Joel for inviting us in because he thinks it's a dream team for him because he was very reluctant. Sure. And, uh, uh, as I as I described, not reluctant to have a show done, but reluctant to be part of it. So, yeah. And, and you know, and what people are mostly, I mean, the Laginas on Oak Island were equally. Uh, yep. Joe can attest to this. They did not want to be on television. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They still yeah. Don't. I'm not sure they still do. That's right. Uh, yeah, no, but because people don't want to look foolish, right. they don't want to. They don't want to look foolish. They don't want to be embarrassed. And uh, and there is also a you know, a consequence of fame, hmm. uh, which is undeniable where people, you know, their lives change when they do television. Uh, the Lagina's lives have changed forever, whether they like it or not. I mean, uh, yeah. they're, they're now, they can't go anywhere now without being recognized. Uh, and, uh, and Brandon, you know, was already kind of a, a very well known and very well respected in Salt Lake city, but not much beyond that. So, 
So anyway, no, they're very happy. Brandon's very, very happy with the show. Of course, he's seen, uh, we have, of the eight shows, we have finished six of them. We're still editing two of them. Okay. And he has seen them. And he has seen them, and he's, um, um, anyway, he's uh, very, very excited because what we end up showing as the weeks go on is pretty mind-blowing. I can't wait. Uh, talking to Kevin Burns and Joel Lassard from Prometheus, talking about The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, Tuesdays at 10 on History. Joe, I'd like to go with you. Uh, embedding on Oak Island is one thing, uh, but embedding at a place like Skinwalker Ranch is another thing. It's, it's, it's dangerous. And uh, talk about that process. And I know like our friend Jason Shook, great producer there, Prometheus, was there for a very long time. Did he encounter anything personally? I know that there's been reports of things following people back after spending time on Skinwalker. Can you talk about that and the dangers of it that you guys talked about before you went? Well, I mean, coming into this um, kind of a project, you you don't know what to expect. You hear the lore, you hear the stories, you read up on it, you hear the testimony and you meet people that are otherwise very reputable, very sincere, very earnest. And they've got these incredible tales that they've that they've said they've heard about, but also witnessed themselves. So you hmm. you take all that and you just, you know, you, you have to have a healthy a dose of skepticism because seeing is believing you have to experience it yourself. Right. So I think we all right. went into it hopeful that it was going to be cool, but not expecting it to be much more than, you know, just a bunch of people looking for stuff. And Kevin's right. right. There's always good drama in, in humans that are trying to work together uh, to accomplish a goal, what they succeed in, what they fail in it, it all is going to make good stories. So Kevin's right to bet on that that you don't have to go in there and contrive things from the get-go. But we as producers just hope that safely we're going to witness a lot of stuff and be able to record it. My biggest concern was that if there really was something to this ranch, that our gear was going to keep on failing and our and our footage wouldn't come out. Yes. And thankfully that didn't happen um, on more than just a couple of occasions. But uh, for the most part, everything worked for us. And Mandy, I have to say, being on the ranch, which is a beautiful place, yeah. Um, weird things happened every single day. Wow. Um, wow. The danger element was not always so visceral. I think it was in the back of our minds because we weren't sure what to expect or what we were going to encounter. Okay. But um, every every day something strange happened, and every day people witnessed more and more. And um, it, working in that kind of environment, you just have to constantly, um, you know keep your head about you and be safe and be cautious. Um, but uh, it was, it was incredible. Yeah. The biggest, the biggest thing, if I can join in is, is hmm. it, it was the radiation, um, the, the microwaves and the, um, the, 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 the degree to which there was a lot of these weird radiation spikes. And it wasn't because of some bomb test from decades earlier or, something in the ground. It was, uh, you know, the place we, we, we had all these companies come in, I think two or three of them, two or three different times to sweep the entire ranch to make sure it was safe. Cause the biggest thing for me was the safety of the crew. The fact that nobody was going to get, uh, that there was no radiation that people were going to be subjected to and the place would be clean, you know, and then all of a sudden we'd start to film 
and all these meters would go crazy and they would spike very high. And, um, and it, it, it was very disturbing. Travis was very disturbed by it. He ended up getting uh, some radiation burns, not severe ones, but he did come away with some of them, uh, in, wow. including some weird, um, uh, what is that thing on his uh, hand, Joe, that he ended up oh. with? Yeah, I mean, he, it was a radiation burn. And no, but the, 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 it was like a bone spur that he got on his knuckle that had to be operated on. Yeah, he did get a bone spur, and then he got a couple of, uh, you know, places on his body, his head and his hands, where he got some blisters and, and things. And, and and we could never, and, and it made no sense And uh, in terms of right. where this was coming from. And, 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 you know, and you do all of the things to eliminate it, like, is it a radio tower nearby? Is it, is mm. it from a satellite? Is it from... Uh, a neighboring property? Is it some something beaming in? I mean, I have it's to say, equipment. with with no with no disrespect to Brandon, you know, we were, and this is another reason why it was great to have Travis there. But we were also shy that we weren't being set up, uh, that somebody right. on Brandon's team wasn't right. manipulating things so that it would make good television, and. Um, and, you know, we were quickly, you know, convinced that that was not what was happening. I mean, the, everybody was equally freaked out. Uh, and when and, and there, there was real conflict. I mean, when, when, you know, Travis's big thing when I introduced him to everybody was, well, we got to dig. We got to dig on the property. We got to find out if there's something underground. And the guys were like, and it's in the first episode, but they were like, yeah, you don't dig on this property. And all of us were right. kind of like, <laughs> I mean, on Oak Island, that's all we do. <laughs> and and it was like, what do you mean we don't dig on this property? In fact, the network was like, what do you mean we're not digging on the property? And all we kept hearing was bad things happen when you dig. And I thought, well, come on, that's kind of quaint and fanciful. And and no, I mean, uh, these guys were deathly afraid. And uh, and it, no, it's it, it's a very strange place. And the phenomena, as you're going to see over the course of weeks. Every week, it was a different kind of phenomenon. I mean, some uh, it mm. was weird lights, it was UFOs, it was um, it was animal attacks. Uh, it was things that were. Um, it, it was not one kind of thing. It was a lot of things that kept happening. Man, that's that's incredible. Um, you know, I, I was wondering from you guys personally. We'll go to each of you, Kevin, Kevin, and Joe. Um, where, Kevin, you mentioned, you know, a, a open-minded skeptic. I'm wondering, working on shows like Ancient Aliens and 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 now this, and to some extent, I suppose Oak Island is, is a show about faith in a lot of ways, although not kind of nefarious in, in many ways like this show. But where do you guys each stand now after years of really immersing yourself in this type of thing? vis-a-vis your belief in the unexplained another another plug <laughs> <laughs> hey this ain't my first rodeo kevin another show that we do with william shatner william shatner uh joe do you want to take that or am i i mean for, yeah i mean for me i mean ever since i was a little kid i've always lived in my imagination and always wondered about the universe and mysticism versus you know natural 
um, you know, nature and, and is there something more to the universe and all those kinds of things. And so the fact that I somehow drawn from where I grew up out to Hollywood and to get to work with somebody like Kevin, who I think very much existed the same way um, and just realized um, this mechanism where we get to play in this big sandbox where every show we do has a different aspect of this kind of stuff. And right. to find shows that really explore these things in a real world way of real people trying to figure it out themselves. Um, I don't know. It makes you wonder, was I drawn here, you know, by chance or am I really getting an opportunity to, to take part in something that's, that I've always wondered about since I came into this world. So um, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's definitely cool and a lot of fun to do this for a living, but it, it just makes you wonder about what it all means. Uh, well, because Joe and I come at this from two different places. I grew up, I grew up Roman Catholic in upstate New York, yeah. and Catholicism. You know, and Joe, uh, you know, grew up much more of a traditional Christian, and Joe is still very, very Christian, very traditional. Um, I don't know that I would say fundamentalist, but very traditional, and um, and but Catholicism is weird. Um, I find that a lot of the ancient aliens people are Catholic or lapsed Catholic because mm -hmm. Catholicism embraces much more metaphysical um, experience, uh, especially when I grew up. Uh, you know, I, I, when I grew up, the, la the mass was still in Latin and there was a lot more kind of ooga booga for lack of a better word, to the Catholic faith and the Catholic beliefs. So um, so I was steeped in that kind of open-mindedness to mysticism and miracles and, uh, and, and, and extraordinary phenomena. <clears throat> but you get to a point, I think, and I, I think this is true in a lot of Catholics, um, where you get to a point where you want more or, you, or it's not entirely answering it's why I responded to Brandon, because it's like, okay, I, I believe in a higher power, but I'm not getting all the answers I want. I, I think there's mm -hmm. something more than what they're telling me. Um, there's like a secret that they're not revealing. And hmm. uh, either they don't know or they won't tell. And so I've always been kind of driven on that sense of I need to know more. And But I've always been fascinated because in doing Ancient Aliens, which is a show that, you know, again, speaking for myself as an open-minded skeptic, I, I don't, when a lot of people criticize Ancient Aliens, they say, well, um, that's the show that tells you aliens built the pyramids, or that's the show that tells you this or tells you that. And I'm like, no, it doesn't do that. What we do is we invite people on who may believe that. They may be convinced of that, but the editorial position of the show is to just let them present their case and then turn it back to the audience and say, what do you think? You know, is this true? Could this be? If this is true, could this other thing be true? And so, which represents more of my point of view, which is I want to listen to different points of view. I want to be exposed to different theories. Um, and it doesn't challenge my faith; it extends my faith. But I'm but I'm always fascinated that you know because we thought early on that you know a lot of Christian people and religious people would be very very opposed 
to shows like Ancient Aliens. And we have found that that's not the case. And that's why, you know, someone like Joe, who comes from a much more traditional Christian place than I do, um, doesn't find Ancient Aliens incompatible. Uh, and by extension, Skinwalker Ranch yes. Uh, yes. Is, is not considered incompatible. Because if you believe in the extraordinary nature of the universe, then, um, in other words, a, na- a universe which is still about questions and not about answers, then you can go anywhere with that. And so I, I just think, it, 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 you know, I'm all about wonder. I mean, I do want answers, but I love the exploration of the profound and the unknown because I yeah. think it, yeah. it, 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 it makes me a better person. It, 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 it makes my faith either stronger or more wise. At 21 years old, I had a full body apparition experience and I met with a priest after it. And I was, cause I was, it, it turned my world upside down and started me on this path really. And he said something to me about, you know, sometimes these trickster things, these, these, these paranormal things can, are used to kick you off the path. And I remember thinking, oh, well, if that was their goal, they have done the opposite. Because if this is true, if I can see a full-bodied apparition, uh, malevolent or not, if if that is true, then what else is true? Then maybe it's all true. Maybe the transfiguration story in the Bible is true. And maybe all the things, like you said, Kevin, that we learned in Sunday school as kids, that is that are miracles. And we just kind of took them for granted from our Sunday school teachers. Well, I, well, I, well I've, never, I've, I've never understood why um, people, you know, because you meet a lot of people that are like, you know, very secular and they're very, they claim to be very scientific. And yet, um, you know, and, and, I, and, and you go, well, wait a minute. If you believe in um, miracles, um, if you believe in the Bible, uh, which is, let's face it, the Old Testament and the New Testament, what are those, if not stories, about miracles? Um, you know, every, every story is a miracle. I mean, the, the birth of Jesus, Moses, the parting of the Red Sea, turning people into pillars yep. of salt. I mean, uh, so w- whether you take it as allegory or as fact um the point is that um but what never made sense to me was is you know growing up was well why if we supposedly believe this these these stories this book of miracles why did the miracles stop Hmm. you know why, why do we so readily want to believe that miracles no longer happen that you can't see a UFO, that there's nothing extraordinary around you, um, that um, there could be manifestations that we don't understand, but happening all around us without having to think we're crazy. Yes. So, um, so anyway, I, I, uh, I've never felt that it was incompatible. I don't, I, I don't necessarily believe in everything that other people say. Um, I'm very skeptical about, um, a lot of these stories, but I have to say, in fact, if anything, Joe knows this too, when, when, you know, cause Joe will come back from, from the location. And uh, this is kind of our dynamic because, because I try not to go anywhere. Okay. I mean, I'm at a, I'm at a stage in my life and career where I don't go anywhere. 
Um, and, um, and, uh, and, and Joe will come back and say, oh, my gosh, you won't believe what we found. Hey, Maddie, I just wanted to add one thing, if I could. Um, you know, speaking of of all this, you know, religious and metaphysical and and nature versus you know the mystical. Uh, Travis Taylor made an interesting observation to me when he first started checking the ranch out. Was that Skinwalker Ranch, where it is in the Uinta Basin in Utah, has the same exact geological makeup and even shape as the Mount Sinai area of Egypt. And so you talk about miracles and does our world communicate with a different world or a higher power at some point? It just want, you just wonder if there's a correlation there. Ronnie and I have come to believe in this journey of, of Monsterland, as we were just talking about, um, that the camps between these unexplained phenomena are blending to the point where we think it's all interconnected and Monsterland's like a mini micro version of like a skinwalker ranch where there are multiple phenomena recorded for a long period of time by a great many credible witnesses and in fact watching the episode last night Ronnie and I texted each other like holy crap Jim Morse the manager of skinwalker ranch uh what's he see glowing red eyes okay and Ronnie and I last year went to speak at a cryptozoological conference. And at night, we were out squatching with a very respected team, this Dr. Rebecca Foster and uh, Jeff Byers. And we saw, I saw in the deep woods, floating red eyes looking right at me. And I thought at first it was a guy with night vision goggles. And then I started to say, well, wait a second, they're eight feet in the air, approximately. They're in the middle of dense brush where you could barely see your hand in front of your face. There's no noise being made. Um, and I felt in that moment terrified. And I felt like this is not a cryptozoological thing right now I'm experiencing. This is a paranormal thing. And so, no, go. That, well, I was just going to say, so when I saw the red eyes, the recreation of the red eyes, I'm like, holy crap, that's what I saw in, in Ohio in the dense woods. And then this guy on Skinwalker seeing, and many people have reported that. It's like, what do you, what do you do with that? So Joe, where else have we talked about glowing red eyes? Oh, right. Yeah. The Oak Island. Yeah. There's a Amen. Story about that. That's right. It uh, uh, wasn't it Hensky. Well, Hensky actually said he was confronted was it, by um, something that is akin to what people describe as the Skinwalker, the, the this huge wolf-like dog. Holy creature. moly. Holy moly. And what about um, Kaiser? Didn't he say he was held down by a red-eyed yeah. monster Jimmy of some Kaiser, kind? Jimmy, Jimmy Kaiser, who worked with the Restall family and, and yes. Mr. Dunfield, he, he had some weird experience in the guard shack where he was awakened by something forcefully, at, yes. like, for lack of a better term, attacking him. And I'm telling you guys, in that moment... This has been a fun journey for me. And like, I've been into this since I was a kid, you know that. But when in that moment in those forests, my entire being was like, get out. We are not supposed to be here. Get out. I was terrified. Like, what do we do with that, with these glowing red eyes? I don't know. I mean, again, uh, is this some kind of a shared memory? Is this some kind of a, uh, you know, is, is this where descriptions of demons come from? Is it from somewhere within our psyche or is it some um uh, genuine uh, manifestation I, it's all again this is why um it, you know if there's a common thread to a lot of the shows that we've been doing lately like ancient aliens or the unexplained or now skinwalker ranch um uh and even to some extent oak island um 
it's it's the exploration of you know like like our our curse is real you know is is there some extra dimension that we coexist with uh you know it's so funny because um um you know you know in this country we we tend to think well you know we're 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 super scientific and we know all the answers and and of course now with what's going on with coronavirus we realize we don't really know a lot uh or we're still we've still got a lot <laughs> to learn um but you know we tend to think oh we figured it all out there's no mysteries there's no wonder uh it's all the big bang and and uh and you have shows that purport to tell you how many years ago the big bang happened as if as if a if it's if it's even more than a theory anybody could tell you when it happened um in other words we're we're big on answers and we're big on thinking we have all the answers and and uh and i frankly i don't buy it uh i, I just don't buy it and i think that mm. if you look at other cultures around the world um and that's why at the beginning of ancient aliens you know the the, the open that i wrote uh, it used to say billions of people around the world believe we have been visited in the past by extraterrestrial beings. And then you go, well, come on, that's not true, Kevin, because not everybody believes in aliens and UFOs. And you go, no, but religious people, whether it's Buddhist, Hindu, Christian, Jewish, or Muslim, their faith is intrinsically linked to visitations of beings from another dimension, whether you call it heaven or you call it uh, uh, whatever, Valhalla. I mean, the ancient Egyptians believed in visitors from the stars or winged beings or flying creatures. And um, so, uh, in fact, a friend of mine, when we did Ancient Aliens, a friend of mine from India, who I had gone to film school with in Boston, he called me up and he goes, Mr. Burns, you have finally gotten smart. He says, because for you, this is mythology. He said, for us, this is history. Mm. And because, mm. and, and, and Ancient Aliens, from what I hear, is one of the number one shows in India. Uh, and because they look yeah. at it like, oh, yeah, of course, this is all true. We've been believing this. We've believed this for centuries. Yes. So, so we become a little too smug in our Western secularism by segregating ourselves from the metaphysical, from the spiritual, uh, you know, not to make it, not to talk about religion per se, but to be more open-minded to the wonder of the universe. Um, you know, and, and I think that's where these shows head. It's really like when you watch, um, uh, Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. It's, 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 it's an examination of a place where weird things happen. We don't go in saying, "Well, it's aliens." We go right. in saying, "Why? Right. How? What is mm. it? What do we think it is?" Mm. And we bring really smart people in to, 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 to investigate it. And I'm not going to tell you. We know where the season finale takes us. And I only pray the show does well enough to get a second season because where we could go in season two is really pretty extraordinary. That's a great place to leave it. A great tease. 
Uh, I'm so glad you said that, Kevin. So well said. Like, a, a, smug's a great word in a way. We, we you know, I, something I say to people all the time vis-a-vis like the Bigfoot thing, for example, is you can dismiss it out of hand. You're also then basically kind of slapping generations of Native American tradition and oral history and belief. Like they, they know these things exist. They don't think they do. They know they do. And so I think that's a great message you are sending us all with shows like this. The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, Tuesdays at 10 on The Mighty History. Don't miss this. Uh, guys, I can't thank you enough. Thank you, Maddie. And more, more, more ahead, more ahead. I love you both. Uh, Joe, thank you for everything you do, my brother. We are brothers. And Kevin, you have changed my life and my family's life, and I will be your soldier forever. It's fun to do it with you, Maddie. Thank you. Thank you, Joe and Kevin Burns. Uh, Ronnie, what a last-minute thrill that was. Fantastic, man. The show's yeah, going to be a... great. Yeah, right? And it gets better and better. And the ratings for this pilot were great. I hope people hang on. Because uh, they they see stuff there, and you know <laughs> that's all I can say at this point. Fantastic. Um, but how about the red eye thing, Ronnie? Like, what Man. is that? Uh, you know, <laughs> are we dealing with something like you really think it's uh, more paranormal than Bigfoot, right? So that's what I felt. Yeah, and uh, maybe they're one and the same here. Yeah, well, you get these places. Oak Island seems to be one of them, even. Um, mm. you know, you could make an argument with Dave Blankenship saying he saw a ball of fire that, you know, if you don't want to call them UFO, is your orange uh, orb, orange orb or flying yeah. light anomalies, um, black mass there. Now red eyed demon of some kind, <laughs> you got that at Skinwalker Ranch, you got it in Monsterland, multiple phenomena. So maybe, yeah, these places are portals for whatever, whatever that is. It seems to be the one of the main answers i think as you keep on seeing this go on and on in these different locations it's the only thing that kind of makes sense of how they're coming in and out and just yes (laughs) disappearing i'll tell you something creepy that happened this morning not creepy that's probably the wrong word but i was like i was reading this book i have it's actually the bible but it's this great writer i I read this book called uh run with horses by eugene peterson Eugene Peterson was a Christian mystic monk type. Oh, cool. Um, Bono is really into him, um, the singer for U2, and is based a lot of songs off of Eugene Peterson's writings. Mm. Um, and Eugene Peterson did a book called The Message, which is a modern-day translation of the Bible. He uses modern-day language, as it were. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so you can read the Bible and like understand it better. Mm-hmm. Um, and... There are, it's funny, I was thinking about Easter coming up, so I was skimming through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, reading just the parts I wanted to read, all four accounts immediately from the resurrection, like, on. And there's actually a line in there where it says, you know, he ascended into heaven, and the apostles were staring at a, staring up at a white cloud where he disappeared into, like, just staring up into the clouds. And... And then the other thing that got me was every account immediately post-resurrection, like, you know, discovering the stone, they all see Jesus. Yeah. And it says none of them recognized him. He speaks Mm. with them. He talks to them. 
and none of them recognized him at first. And then all of a sudden it be, it reads like he kind of changes back into Jesus. Like shapeshifts. Yes. That's wild. And every one of them, Ronnie, they're like, they ate with him at one point and, and they're like, oh my God, it's Jesus. He walks with them. Um, talks to them like so. What's the matter? Like, oh, our this guy we followed isn't who he says he was. He died. And they're like, and he's like, don't cry. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh my god, it's Jesus. You know, it's it's phenomenal. It's almost like this a uh, uh, chameleon kind of thing, right? Like changing into somebody else to kind of it, it, it's it's rare. and and not to compare something that beautiful to the malevolence of of Skinwalker, but. You know, you're well, talking shape shifting. You're talking if if that power exists. In other words, that it could be used for dark or light. I I suppose. Right. I mean, he had the ability to heal and do all these different yep. things. And if you look at it from the perspective of say uh, extraterrestrial and aliens, you got the Star of Bethlehem. All, yes. All this stuff. That can... Yes. Kevin was talking about that. The story. And what's even more amazing if you read Acts. Right after this is turning into a Christian podcast, I apologize. <laughs> but if if you read Acts, um, they then got the power to heal. And you know what they the, also had? Flames over their head. Right. Right. Speaking in tongues, and Jesus yeah. breathed the Holy Spirit into them. And then, like, there's a great story of Peter walking into a temple, and there's a, a crippled man who always, for years and years, sat on the temple on his little mat begging. And he asked Peter to heal him, basically. Or he, he, oh, no, no, he asked for money. He asks for money, just like, he, I think he was a blind, crippled person, if I remember correctly. I could yeah. be messing that up, but he was doubting definitely crippled. Peter? No, no, okay. that's Doubting Thomas. Oh, doubting Peter's Thomas. the rock right. the, who denied Jesus three times. So right. Peter's walking in, and the guy's, you know, give me a quarter, give me a quarter, doing, a sh- you know, the modern, the, the ancient equivalent of shaking the cup, you know? And he asked Peter for a shekel basically. And Peter looks down, he says, I don't have any money, but what I have is greater. And he grabs him and makes him stand up. And and the guy's protesting like, no, 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 I can't stand. And he just stands up and the guy can walk and the guy can, and he just like runs in the temple. Like I'm healed, Hmm. you know, um, incredible. Amazing. And you wonder if that's, we're going to start seeing that stuff again, right? Like it's been a while where people have had that, uh, those abilities, but, or, or they I, I, like have to, the... I like to see some of these, uh, big time preachers and healers come out of the woodwork right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I don't know. Like, I don't know what the, what the deal on that is. Like, uh, in a way that stuff, Jesus wanted to keep, there's a lot of times where he, Jesus says, like, don't tell anyone I did this. Don't tell anyone I did this. I think, I think partly in, because, Faith, faith shouldn't be based on that, although that can increase your faith and give you little signposts, little indications that, yeah, you're believing the right thing. But I don't think he wanted to build a faith based on miracles. Do you know what I mean? Right. Because then it's not really faith. Then you just got heaven on earth. Just like, all right, make everyone well, you know? Yeah. I don't know. We're getting deep. Yeah, this is getting deep. (laughs) Let's do a little monster mail and wrap this thing up, okay? Sounds good. Ronnie, this is from Judd Golden. By the way, if we don't get to your mail, we will eventually. We've got tons, and we thank you for that. 
Um, as always, you can reach us, monsterlandreport at gmail.com. This is from Judd Golden. I'm a huge fan of both Oak Island and Expedition Bigfoot and came across your podcast by accident. All are welcome, or excuse me, all are awesome, says Judd indeed. I'm writing to you after listening to many of the podcasts and especially the Expedition Bigfoot episode, Ronnie, where Dr. Mayer blasted the Sasquatch recording into the woods. He then goes on to tell a tale about a guy's weekend that he goes on um, with his friends, man weekend, as they call it. And they started getting some strange noises and he was able to record a scream. Um, however, I listened to this audio, Ronnie, and the audio quality was jumbled. I, couldn't, I don't have the technology here at home to make it good. You know Got what it. I mean? Yeah. Um, so I want producer Dave to play with it and maybe we can play it at a later date if he can clean it up. But we thank you for that, Judd. We love yes. that stuff. Keep sending that type Keep of stuff. Keep them coming. Us, right, Ronnie? Keep them mm-hmm. coming. Uh, let's see. Good evening, gentlemen. Big, big fan of the podcast. I'm now catching up on season three. I honestly thought you guys stopped. I was listening on SoundCloud, which has it up to episode 303. Now I'm back. Great stuff. Uh, let's see. My wife and I, including our two American Bulldogs, are going away this summer. Finally, we are headed up to Washington, New Hampshire. I'm not familiar with Washington. Are you, Ronnie, New Hampshire? Uh, I am not. Hmm. Town of 1,300 some odd people, house on a lake, lots of woods. My wife thinks I'm crazy. This is a question for you, Ronnie. I want to try gift a Bigfoot. Mm. I do not expect a response, but I am a huge believer. And being in uh, outside of Boston, a town called Waltham, we don't get a ton of activity. My father near power lines and mass, a different story, email for another day. Wow. Uh, two questions for you, Ronnie. One, is it a good idea to try to gift Bigfoot something? Or is that asking for trouble? Or two, if it is worth trying, what do I put out? Thank you, Patrick O. Good question. Um, one, you got to find a spot where there's possibly been some sightings or activity. So you're not just placing something in the middle of the woods somewhere. Uh, so you have a little bit more precision with uh, it. If you can. Maybe a little research. He could do a little research, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, hmm. Or an area that's had some strange things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, leaving something shiny or reflective. What they've kind of given uh, different researchers and habituators is things like quartz, um, natural made, you know, kind of stuff, obviously, but they've mm. also gotten back things that were maybe left in the woods by yes. like a little kid, like a whistle or whatever. And those are gifted huh. back. So get creative and get something that you are um, expecting to receive back too. So create some kind of intention with that. Dig it. Great, Ronnie. Thank you. Um, Ronnie and Matt, love your show. I cannot wait to visit Monsterland. I'm new to your podcast and fell into it after watching Expedition Bigfoot. Another one, Ronnie. Nice. I can't tell you how excited I was to learn Monsterland is close to me. I live in Rhode Island. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have always been a seeker, believer, etc., of the paranormal. I haven't had a personal experience yet with Bigfoot or UFOs, but I am eager to experience them. Uh, I would suggest hanging out with Ronnie LeBlanc, my partner. <laughs> I was wondering if you can offer any suggested areas, trails in the park to hike for a first-time visitor. I am reading your book now. Thanks again for your work and any suggestions. That is from Laura Swistak. Cool. Um, That might be more in your neck of the woods in the sense of Mm. you know that area better than me. What do you think? I think think? she means Monsterland. Oh, Monsterland. I thought she was talking about Yeah, she goes to Monsterland. Yeah. Uh, The two biggest areas where people have been 
having activity and it's been continuing is the Elm Street entrance and that leads to Hell's Highway, which is a trail oh. off to the left. Um, and then there's going down into No Town Reservoir. All around that area, uh, there's a, been a lot of different activity, and the power lines run through that as well. Uh, and then there's also Granite Street, which is behind Lemonster yep. High School. And as far as Rhode Island, if she wants to experience a cold, demonic presence, she can just go upstairs in my house <laughs> and walk that hallway. Oh, my gosh. Nothing more with that, huh? At home? Well, I'm not talking about the ghost that's haunting me. I'm talking about Yoko. Oh! (laughs) We're doing fine. (laughs) Can you imagine, Ronnie? You know me. You know me, right? Yes. Can you imagine being with me for a month locked into a house? (laughs) Literally everybody. I just remember our Ohio road trip, and that was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Pray for Yoko, everybody. Pray for Yoko. (laughs) <laughs> Poor girl. This morning I was. All right, no, oh um, I torture her <laughs> in all the best ways. Her and Max. Um, I got a, a a nice little message that was sent to us from Lori on our Instagram page. Oh, please share. Let me, let me uh, pull that up. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, it's kind of so after losing my grandfather, uncle, mm-hmm. and aunt over a span of four months. I went through a period of deep sadness and didn't allow much joy in my life. So the podcast wasn't allowed while I was processing my sadness and anger. Uh, and I never thought it would be a blessing to have, have it given up until now. Yeah. I have been binge listening this week, and it's been such a mood booster for me. It's like having Aww. two friends with me all the time who make me think, shock me, and balance it all with humor and personality. I feel like a kid on Christmas Eve knowing there's more on the way. Yes. Because we announced our episode's going to be coming. And uh, she also left a little note, too, just said, thank you both for what you do for us. I can only imagine the time, energy, and planning that goes into creating those masterpieces. Know that it is so worth it and that you are touching so many. I also love the perspective dichotomy. Generally makes me think about both sides, good, evil, spiritual extraterrestrial and i'm constantly trying to decide which theory i relate to most you're the best examples of cooperating opposites thank you for keeping me in the light love you Lori. that was awesome wow well i'll tell you that's timely ronnie because um as i began this podcast with i struggle with inactivity and and i also have been struggling with like i'm not doing enough to help you know to help anyone and stuck at home and you know what for better for worse we're not doctors, we're not healthcare workers, but what we can do is do this for people. And if it does bring people a little fun or their mind off this terrible pandemic, then let's go. You know what I mean? It's literally, literally the least we could do. <laughs> Seriously. A hundred percent. And I think that, yeah, this is a, a reason for us to step up even more. Maybe we yeah. can start pushing out some more episodes, but I think yep. um, it's just awesome to be able to have this as a, a vehicle to help bring some joy or make people laugh a little bit at least or make them think about some things yeah because this is a lot of work and um yeah you know but to get a message like that it, we will keep going uh That's maddie awesome. and ronnie i recently discovered your podcast and love it so far i'm 37 and live in salt lake city area of utah do you guys have any plans on doing an episode on skinwalker ranch Whoa, i was saving this email ronnie <laughs> uh so here you go 
Sure. I've been listening since the very beginning and started episode 103. I also purchased the two Monsterland books by you, Ronnie, off nice. Amazon yesterday. Thank I you. First, guess how he discovered you? How? Watching Expedition Bigfoot. Oh. <laughs> uh, ben Benson. And then he sent Thank a you, remote, he sent a link to it, a remote viewing uh, piece, which we don't have time for, but we, we'll get to that at another yeah. time. Thank you so much, awesome. Ben. Welcome to the Monsterland family. Tim Collins says, hey, fellas, is it true that trained hunting and tracking dogs won't track a Bigfoot scent? If that's true, it's worthy of further investigation on its own. Mm. You're a professional tracker and Bigfoot expert, Ronnie. What's your take on that? Hunting dogs, silent pointers, bloodhounds, retrievers won't hunt them up. We all know dogs have been used for a long time to track, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, so he said, Ronnie, what's the deal with that? Well, I think they would track something um, like a Bigfoot. But the stories that I've heard is that they are so terrified that they won't go into the wood. They'll chase after a bear. Um, but there's something that they end up cowering and they don't want to go. But you never know. We might use something like that in a future uh, episode of Expedition Bigfoot. Maybe we'll sure. try some different techniques. And people have brought that up a few times. And I think it, there's something to it. I think at least you can use it as an indicator where you see the dogs reacting to something. That, yes. You know what I mean? Like that yes. could be, even at the very least, using that would be uh, valuable. I'm not disagreeing with Tim, but I can tell you, I, I don't have the source material. I think it was in, um, it might've been in Woodknockers. I don't remember, but there's at least one story I can clearly think of, of a guy, of a guy's dog tracking a Bigfoot scent, but then stopping. Hmm. You with me? Yeah. Once the dog got close, the dogs cowered and stopped. Um, but tracked the Bigfoot for some time. So, and you wonder, don't, you wonder if that was like, uh, where people uh, in a situation they feel like they're being watched, but then all of a sudden they they smell that musky smell, and that could be almost like triggered at that point where the dog is now going, nope, I'm not going any further, and now I know maybe what this is. Or sees the creature. Yeah. Or sees yeah. it. Right. Be because like I said, that in the story I know, the hunter was following the dog who was on a scent. The the guy wasn't thinking Bigfoot at all, huh. and suddenly the dog just like cowers and stops and then the guy looks up and sees you know what he thinks is a bigfoot walking away so maybe it's more accurate to say they'll they'll hunt they'll, they'll track one to a certain point right i i guess yeah uh interesting well let's dig into that at some point that's a great question that he brings up i'd like to find out from i'm sure some hunters listening would have uh, yeah. some perspective on that and i'll, I'll um, research some cases too that maybe have great. some of those elements in there we can kind of compare those and and look at look at some of that great by research that, you mean watch another episode of Netflix of that Tiger guy. Yes. Tiger King. Holy shit, bro. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. I will. Have I have to. to. I, I honestly think we should do a special episode. Even if it <laughs> it could just be me and you talking about the show once, All once right. you're done All watching right. it. We'll, we'll, you're we'll gonna... do that. We'll do that. <laughs> I'm sure there's some paranormal angle we could take. <laughs> Hey, fellas, my wife and I really enjoyed Expedition Bigfoot. We're hoping the show gets a second season. Me too. Uh, I was wondering, have you been able to view any clips of gorilla or other similar primates at night through thermal to compare the heat signature to mm. what you captured? Ronnie? I have not personally, um, mm -hmm. but I know Dr. Maria had mentioned when she saw that footage 
she said this is exactly what primates look like with their heat sink. So I'd, I'd be really cool to kind of see some of those uh, thermal imagery videos that you can kind of compare mm. and see uh, what that looks like. But I haven't done it, but that's a great idea. Paul continues, the Monsterland podcast has a great mix of interesting info and comedy. I would love to hear Tom Powell as a guest with you, oh, too. Oh, yeah. He's funny, open-minded, and knowledgeable. I'm a songwriter and independent musician. After hearing the Michael Jackson discussion on episode 17, <laughs> I think you'll enjoy my song about his life in the spotlight and the effects of such an existence. It's called In Neverland, and it's off my first CD, More Than Meets the Eye. A little plug for you there, Paul. Very called cool. DeChambeau. Um, and I will leave you with a yibbit, yibbit. <laughs> This is from Steve B. Stevie B. Hey, Maddie, here's some pics I took of my buddy Sean's bear harvest in Canada this June. The pics were taken in succession. As you can see, the first pic has a spine-shaped, almost horizontal anomaly to his left. The second pic, it's gone. The third pic, it's behind him in a vertical condition, uh, uh, position. Now, Ronnie, I looked at these pics. I, we will post these pics. Yes. It is these. freaky. Really? To, to me, yeah. Oh, and then he could, well, let me finish the email first. He okay. says, is it the spirit of the bear, perhaps? We always say a prayer of thanks over the animals we harvest. Mm. Thought you might find these interesting. Also, let Ronnie know I'll be sending in the angel story I told him about when meeting him at the White Snake Mike Devon show this summer. Love, Steve. I remember meeting Steve, oh, yes. I, Steve Barubi. Remember that guy? Yes. We met him in yes. the after show of, of White Snake and and um, our That's friend Mike right. Devon, who does a theme song of this podcast. Man, well, these pictures were weird, Ronnie. It looks it, okay. I'm looking at it now, and again, I know you can't see this if you're listening, but we will post these. Uh, it looks like so. Picture a guy <laughs> kneeling in front of a, a, a deceased bear. Yeah, and behind him. Literally, it looks like somebody stood up a plastic white spine of some kind, but it's kind of translucent. It's it's like a white translucent line with little flanges coming off. Yeah, coming off both ends. And it's behind him clear as day and then gone. And then in the next photo, it's back again in a different position. Very strange. And it's mm. what makes it very interesting, Ronnie. And I'm going to, uh, like I said, we'll post these. You can go on our Instagram uh, and see them yourselves. What's interesting is he's kneeling at the bear. Whatever this thing is, is like behind him and blocked off. So it doesn't, it's not, it's not some sort of light thing because that would be in front of him in the bear. Are you with me? Yes. Right. It's, it's being, it's being blocked by him. Um, if it was a flare or some sort of light thing that was coming from the lens or, you know, it, it, you'd be able to see it over him do you, you, yeah, you follow me yes and light usually be straight on into the lens to kind of create that refraction yeah it's standing behind him it's very strange very very strange um wow. so we will post that and you can look at that um a couple more here and then we got a we got a great monster shout out we were we we, we were featured Ooh. mentioned ronnie in a very popular huge uh online presence which i'll get to in a second so Fantastic. i'm very excited about that um, let's see this fella. Oh, I don't have a name for him. So I'm going to hold off on that email. It was about, um, native Americans and your show, Ronnie. Uh, we, we will get to that another time. I, I, his name got cut off. Uh, okay. we asked on social media, who should we have on as guests? We already had one suggestion just a second ago. Laura says Todd standing, uh, curious to know your thoughts on his film, discovering Bigfoot. Yeah. Um, Todd standing 
and unfortunately, people call him fraud standing. Yeah. But people have seen uh, some of these close up images that he has mm -hmm. reportedly taken of Sasquatch. And one of them looks terrible, like a mask. Yeah. And the other yeah. one, pretty good. Um, but I actually, and I don't know if I mentioned this before, I had actually interviewed him years mm -hmm. ago when I was at the mm -hmm. Boston Herald. And I'll have oh, to right. dig up that interview because I recorded it and um, we can kind of share some of that. But I would love to talk to him, see what he's doing. Have you seen that documentary on Netflix? I, I, I have, yeah. Um, With Meldrum? I, I, tend to believe, I tend to believe that when, when anyone gets that many shots, I my spidey senses start tingling. You with yeah, me? Yeah, of course. Like one good one, you're like, all right, something happened there. But a bunch? I know. And there was reports but, too that his sister owns a special effects company yeah. and all this. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, Nick says someone from ancient aliens. I'd like to hear all your y'all's opinion on the ancient alien theories. Maybe David Childress. Well, Nick, um, we just interviewed the guys who make ancient aliens, my <laughs> friends, uh, at Prometheus of which I am a part of that family. So we can easily do that. And we shall case silence. David, Pol Pol how do you say his name? Uh, Polides. 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 Thank you. Yep. I always screw that up. Polides. I would say Polides, which is so wrong. Uh, Dave Higgins says, hey, how about that Dave Higgins guy? <laughs> Don, D, Don D. Cristofaro says, hey, how about Don Cristofaro and the Greater <laughs> Boston Paranormal Associates? Yeah, we still need to do the ship. I know. Well, the ship, uh, we're making plans with Don. Don, you will be on this podcast. It's going to happen. We yes. might do it in even a more exciting way than that. Um, Sam Becker says we should just book Sasquatch himself if we I, could get him that'd be fantastic well we're working on it. you know sam that's a great you know here we are futzing around let's let's eliminate the middleman and just get the big guy himself. <laughs> carol enman says officer mateo ciccone um ciccone yeah ciccone uh, any of the finding i'm sorry say again uh it's a he's a lemister police officer oh okay he's seen some stuff maybe yeah he was um the UFO sighting over St. Leo's Cemetery, where the guy's oh, arm got sent back. He was, a, yes, yes, he was a police officer who interviewed the couple till four in the morning. And he said, he's still alive. Telling truth. I believe he has passed away. Oh, damn it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to be a tough get then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hard. So hard. Uh, I'm sorry. So hard if I'm saying that wrong. Sahard, I think any of the Finding Bigfoot guys, also other podcasters, how about Hillbilly Horror Stories, for example, or Graveyard Tales, are open to all that. KJ Montgomery says Lauren Coleman, Vin Vin, Dr. Rebecca Foster. We have to get her on. We also have to get we do have uh, to we do have to get um Jeff from Jeff Byers and yep. Rebecca Foster. We never Rebecca had them on. Foster. That's who we experienced the red eye monster with. Exactly. And uh, when I saw Lauren Coleman a few months back, he goes, you guys have to get me on your podcast before I die. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like, done and done. I was like, okay, we'll, we'll schedule you soon. Before I die. <laughs> oh God. These days, that's not even funny. I know. Um, uh, Terry Wilkes, Graham Hancock. Uh, Patty says, Dr. Jeffrey Meldrum. Uh, oh, we have an award, uh, Ronnie, our Munchland yes. name of the day. Name of the day, Patty Purdy. That's her name. P-U-R-D-Y. Patty, Patty Purdy. Purdy. Yep. Sounds like an she animated says, uh, character. 
<laughs> Jeff Meldrum, she says, uh, Peter Fitzpatrick, Stan Gordon, Adam Cormick, uh, Uncle Buck and Jerry Thornton. And Kevin has my favorite suggestion for us to have on. And this is a get I want to get. And I believe we can. I believe we can. And uh, that's all I can say at this point. Okay. Dan Aykroyd. Oh. To talk about his UFO life and his experience with Men in Black. We've talked about it on the show before in our Artists Alien Connection episodes. And his whole uh, family were yep. uh, spiritualist and yep. uh, seances. This is something I, I might be able to do. Oh, um, my God. Uh, I want to come back to Jerry Thornton, that name in a second in a monster shout out. Don't let me forget Ronnie, but let's okay. quickly finish these emails. Ben Benson says, I am reading Mothman prophecies and took a picture of a page related to your UFO sighting. You had a couple years back when you were both outside Maddie's house around 3 AM and you saw the UFO changing colors. Mm-mm. And I think Ronnie saw a flash, but you didn't see it, Maddie. Right. Well, here's what the Mothman prophecies says. The phenomenon can take another form. The witness steps out his door, gets out of his automobile, whatever. When there's a sudden flash of light, like a flash gun going off, no photographer or camera is visible. There's no sudden paralysis or ill effect. The witness just scratches his head in bewilderment and goes about his business. However, those who see flashes usually have had some sort of experience previously. They have seen a UFO, monster, ghost, whatever, and tend to be gifted with ESP or precognition. So, hmm. Ronnie, you saw that flash. I did. Pretty incredible. That's weird. So, yeah. That's an excerpt from the Mothman Prophecies, right. which I haven't John read Keel. since. Oh, yeah, God. I haven't read that book since I, you know, was I think I was like a kid, basically. Yeah. Well, I should go back and visit it. That is really interesting because um, uh, one of the uh, reviews I have in the new book with this guy Paul. Which is, I still haven't read, by the way. Yes, and I have your copy. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> Wipe um, it down, will you? Yeah, <laughs> um, he had all these different UFO sightings, and they had that flash of light. Ah. And in s- several of those instances, he was in like an abduction kind of scenario, or felt like something happened because time had passed. Mm, and mm. I don't think that we really checked to see if we lost any time. Mm. You and I, you know what I mean? Right. No. Oh, we felt like we did. Well, it no. Felt weird. I, it we felt weird. It felt weird. It was this vibe the, was just. The phenomenon I absolutely remember was that we both had almost an immediate suppression of the memory. Well, where we both yeah. kind of like just didn't mention it to our families that and night, like. That's right. Yeah, even the next morning, it took me a long time to even say anything. It's like, holy shit, we just had this momentous occasion. After literally talking about that type of UFO, we see yeah. one, it changes colors in front of us, and we both are in this like weird trance of like not really wanting to talk about it, which to me is odd. The, the other odd piece was that we both looked at the section of this enormous sky, night sky. Yes, exact we same place. In the exact same spot. That's the truth. And that's go, the truth. Come on, you know, usually juju, whatever. And I was like, yep. oh, let's, there we go. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, it's time for a monster shout out, Ronnie. Okay. Uh, hopefully uh, producer Dave is at his home studio and is able to put in a little monster shout out uh, stinger. But if not, I'll do it. Monster shout out. <laughs> okay. Uh, First of all, 
we like to give shout outs. Uh, but we got a shout out. Actually, we got a monster shout out being Monsterland, which is incredible. Uh, this is an article from the great writer, Jerry Thornton, who is the guy for Barstool Sports. Barstool Sports so is awesome. a huge publication. Oh. And Jerry is one of the just, he's a mensch, one of the greatest guys ever. I've golfed with him. Wicked talented writer. So funny, so smart. Super funny comedian. Uh, and he's built a career uh, blogging about the Patriots. And he's written books about the Patriots. Um, and he blogs about all kinds of things on Barstool Sports. But this particular entry, article by Jerry Thornton in Barstool Sports. You can uh, look it up. You can go to barstoolsports.com. It's called Tom DeLong Records, One of the Freakiest UFO Videos These Eyes Have Ever Seen. And Tom DeLong posted a video on his Instagram, Ronnie saying that he got a text from someone that there was an unidentified craft flying over the beach where he lives. He runs to his balcony, starts filming it. It splits into two pieces, raises vertically. Um, he goes on to describe it. He then describes actually a funny little moment where he calls Louis Alejandro and um, Louis basically takes him to task. Like, did you do this? Did you do this? Did you, you know, did you record the uh, geography, the height, you know? And he's like, no, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> And, and then Jerry, in the article, says the following. <laughs> Here's another factor at work here. This is a quote from Jerry Thornton's article in Barstool Sports. Last week, I forwarded a blog I wrote about a UFO recorded over Plymouth, Mass. I sent it to my buddy who co-hosts the podcast, Monsterland. Nice. That would be me. That would be me, Ronnie. <laughs> And he confirmed that there's been an increase in sightings lately. I wonder why. I mean, consider that someone is coming here to observe us, either from another world, another dimension, or another time. What would the world look like to them right now? Mm. Um, and that's kind of what I was saying to Jerry in this text exchange we had. I said, if it is indeed, uh, uh, it, many people believe they're keeping an eye on us for our own protection, like the whole connection to... yes." shutting down nuclear silos, for example. Correct. And if that is true, if it's either us from the future keeping an eye on us, or if it's just a, a malevolent force out there who, or, or benevolent force who's keeping an eye on us, everything's changed right now. Yeah. A lot of the Then know something's up. Right. A lot of the messages too, from channelers and what have you, um, specifically talking about those nuclear silos being shut down in South Dakota, mm -hmm. North Dakota, wherever it was, is that they are, have stated that what we do here and yeah. what we destroy in this world affects other worlds. Yeah. And we think planets, but what it could be is these other dimensions, these ah. other invisible worlds that we don't see ah. that are intersecting, that are connected so that's super interesting. That's a great theory. Um, so thank you to Jerry Thornton and thank Barstool you, Jerry. Sports, where hopefully people will then read that and look up Monsterland and we'll yeah. get more monsters in the in the program. Or they'll listen to this episode and uh, hear me doing Bible talk and delete <laughs> us. We're, we're going really long here. Um, and I don't want to make this a two-parter. So uh, let's hold off on Factor Falcon. Let's hold off on Contro Ropo. We have a we have a couple great controversial Ronnie posts that you posted during this pandemic that are wildly irresponsible. And uh, well, let's just do one. Let's just do one since we have time. I have to do it. This is a controversial Ronnie post. 
Uh, um, Ronnie pops up with this. Nostradamus wrote in year 1551 these words. There will be a twin year, 2020, <laughs> from which shall arise a queen, Corona, who will come from the East China and who will spread a plague virus in the darkness of night on a country with seven hills, Italy, and will transform the twilight of men into dust, destroy and ruin the world. It will be the end of the world economy as you know it. And Ronnie posted that. <laughs> and within 35 seconds, uh, friend of show, very talented actor, by the way, great guy, Jason Zumwalt posts Snopes.com. Did Nostradamus <laughs> predict the COVID-19 pandemic? Answer, no. no. Complete bullshit. But I um, ask you this, Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Snoping Snopes? What? That's a great point. Right? That's Who's a great Snoping point. Snopes? Well, okay. This brings up an interesting point. So back to the beginning of the episode, you brought up the whole... Harvard professor. Yes. Getting arrested. The guy with the vials. Now I've looked into that since we recorded that. Cause this has been a little piecemeal from home. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a lot of fallacies on both sides, but one of the things I noticed is, and I'm not saying that that story is true. I will say this. If this guy wasn't doing anything related to COVID-19 or if, these people sneaking to Wuhan with vials of stuff had nothing to do with the virus. Right. It is one of the biggest coincidences of all time. Oh, dude, it's right. It's, it's, it's one of the biggest operation. You know what I mean? Well, this is like, let's just say it's not just for the sake of this argument. Yeah. Let's say it's not, let's say that what the people are saying is true has nothing to do with it. It is the biggest coincidence in the world that people were doing espionage type sneaky shit with vials and bringing it into the city of origin of this pandemic. That is a huge coincidence. Um, I watched a Tucker Carlson piece about it. He lays down some facts about it. He says it's a different question. Was it created in a lab? Doctors are saying no. He said China itself released a paper in January saying, no, no, no. It wasn't artificially created in a lab. It was accidentally transferred to a human from a bat in a lab because they were working with, that's a different question. So what those articles, those truth, you got to be careful even with the truth things like Snopes or truth fact or factcheck.com. Cause yeah. what they'll do, Ronnie, is they'll say this. Doctors have proven scientifically that the lab could not have produced this virus biologically. Now that may be absolutely 100% true, but they'll say, this is what they'll do. They'll say, it couldn't have been created artificially in a lab, so therefore this story is bullshit. Right. And they'll leave it at that. And it's like, no, no, no. What the Chinese actually said in this paper is it wasn't created artificially. It was an accidental transfer from man to bat that happened in the lab. It didn't happen in a mall. People weren't eating bats. Right. Now, I'm not saying even that's true, but I'm just saying, you know, they'll say like, well, that professor from Harvard was not arrested for COVID. True. But- that's all we know from the feds. You yeah. know, that's like saying, you know, exactly. I killed someone in a car, but I wasn't arrested for drunk driving. Well, so what? Right. They're just telling you the specific name of the charge that they got them with. So you like you, that's actually a good point. You bring up Ronnie who's policing stuff, but, but here's the, the other piece case, too. Yes. Is those 21 vials that were smuggled into China don't necessarily have to be the coronavirus. But Correct. maybe if there was something that they knew was coming, that maybe that was the antidote. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, so, or, the, or it just indicates, even if they were, I guess one of the stories I, I read said they were cancer cells. You know, he was doing, like, they were doing some sort of cancer 
experimentation right that he stole from another hospital but even if they're that just the fact that chinese officials were posing as lab assistants and sneaking shit back to wuhan i don't care if they were vials and of, chinese uh, kit kats right but these you are, know, these are Chinese it's weird. military officials. So right, a, one of them was a, a military guy. Uh, someone, I, yeah, yeah, I think it was a girl. She's a lieutenant in oh, the girl. army, and like this is this is a counterintelligence campaign on their behalf, China's behalf. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. So right. this is an espionage thing first and foremost because they're they're doing something, and he's creating this lab secretly. Right, um, but they may know that he was he could be a part of this whole thing too. Like he could <laughs> be an agent of... that's doing that's doing like all right, right. Do the lab. Let's get this set up and let's find out all the. I don't know. I've yeah. I've watched too many espionage movies. I think, but <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it is it is a weird one. Um, but it is funny. You again, that's a good point. Like people say to you, skeptics will say like don't believe everything you want to read on the internet. Here's an internet, internet article proving that it's fake. Right. <laughs> Wait a second. So true. Uh, yeah, but my internet's a good source. Okay. Yeah. But in this case, Jason, we're not talking about you. We realize what this post was. Yes. Uh, yes. Jason Zumwalt. Thank correct. you, Jason. Uh, Ronnie posts these things to fire me up and <laughs> he doesn't comment on them ever. Well, sometimes you do. And I know you're smiling when you do it, like at me. You'd be like, Ronnie's like, something afoot with a question. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm at home going, what are you doing? <laughs> and the so, great uh, thing is yeah. I, I'll see him and I don't even research it. I'll just like. <laughs> you know, what's great is that I bet we lose listeners because they like, oh, Monsland. And they do one scroll and they're like, oh, God, these guys are posting no fake Nostradamus <laughs> memes. <laughs> but I like that because our real fans will find us and they'll get what we're doing. Yeah. Always look on the bright side of life. Um, all right, Ronnie, I think we've we've done long enough. I am thrilled with this episode. I didn't think it was going to come together. We had some technical problems. The first half of the interview, you might hear some weird Buzzing. buzzes on Ronnie's yeah. end. and uh, But we got through it. It's and a great reboot back into another job. season. Great job getting um, Kevin and Joe. Well, that was, I mean, thank oh you to God. them. That that That's incredible. And um, I'm so grateful ronnie to and you know i mean this i am so grateful to be a small part of that organization uh, and um you know like i said three times already now it's it's changed my life so right thank you kevin thank you joe thank you, thank guys. you to everyone at prometheus and history uh ronnie we'll do it again from home apparently yes, yes. it's gonna be like this for a while uh if you guys if you monsters can live with this sound quality this is what it is so uh for producer dave for the great and talented Ronnie LeBlanc, I'm Matty Blake coming at you live on tape from Matty Road Studios. <laughs> As always, stay safe, monsters. God bless you all. We will get through this together. And my God, think of the spring and summer we're oh. going to have on the other side of this. Let's Seriously. focus on that. Hang in there. It's all a show. Keep them laughing as you go. Just remember that the last laugh is on you. Thank you for joining us on the Monsterland Podcast. If you or someone you know has an experience to share, or if you have questions, you can reach us at monsterlandreport at gmail.com. Find us on social media at Monsterland Pod. Until we meet again. 
in Monsterland. I am home and I'm going out of my mind. 